Welcome to It Starts Within, a podcast from Platinum Performance, where we'll dive into the health challenges faced by veterinarians and horse owners alike. Join us for inspiring stories about the latest advancements in equine care, treatments, and comebacks. You'll hear interviews with elite competitors, innovative researchers, and the veterinarians that devote their lives to horses and the humans that love them. At Platinum Performance, we know the power of nutrition starts within. Hi, Platinum Podcasters. I'm Emily Smith. I'm an equine nutritionist with Platinum. I'm going to be hosting today, and I wanted to spend some time talking with you about one of my favorite topics, first of all, but um, one of the most common questions that I get asked, which is, what do I feed my horse? So it seems like a really basic kind of nutrition 101 question, but for many horse people, nutrition can be a bear of a topic. It can be confusing, complicated. Um, The good news is that it's not, uh, or at least it doesn't have to be. So for me, simple is always best when you're feeding your horses. It's always the place to start. Even for horses that have health issues or even like a medley of of health issues, going back to a very basic um, forage-based diet can be helpful for any horse. So one of the things that I like to say is that nutrition can really be as simple or as complicated as you want it to be. Um, it, I have a, a great story. Uh, I remember when I first started with Platinum in 2009, um, I had just gotten my master's in equine nutrition and I was kind of released into the wild <laughs> to be the speaker um, at a horse owner seminar that was being put on by this vet clinic for their clients. And I got there. I was so prepared. I had my keynote, you know, the whole thing. And I went through my whole spiel of all these different nutrients and how it affected the physiology of the horse. And I cited a bunch of studies and anyways, talked for about an hour and I thought I did such a great job, (laughs) but well, it came time for the question and answer portion at the end. And these bewildered horse owners, um, were just kind of looking at me and, and one lady, <laughs> brave lady raised her hand and she said, okay, so what do I actually feed my horse? Um, anyways, for me, it was a total aha moment. Um, I, I missed the forest for the trees. And so for these, you know, intelligent, um, involved veteran horse owners, uh, they were less interested in what I kind of now consider the nitty gritty nutrition stuff. Um, and they wanted more real life hands-on information. So, you know, things like how much do I feed? Um, what is the healthiest way to feed my horse? Um, is my horse starving on pasture alone? Um, okay. So everything sounds good, but what if it's a show horse? Um, what about horses that are too skinny, too fat? Um, where are my ponies at? Right. Um, so talking about the foundation of the diet and what horses are meant to eat is really relevant and important, whether you are new to the subject or a total been there, done that kind of, kind of horse person. There's, there's a, an actually a, a human nutrition book that I read recently and I, I just loved it. It was, um, by an MD named Dr. Mark Hyman. Um, and the, the book was called food. And then it, underneath it, kind of like the tagline or whatever was what the heck should I eat? <laughs> and it's, it's worth a read if you're interested, but so the title to me is so applicable to horse nutrition. I, I kind of want to name the podcast, What the Heck Should I Feed My Horse? Um, there's a lot of options and opinions. Um, 
you know, it can be really difficult to wade through all the information that's out there. Um, and it also keeps changing, right? So, you know, what, which is a good thing, but what we, you know, hold to be true might not be true as it continues to get researched and that kind of thing. So there are a lot of overlap in what, what people eat, what we eat and what our horses eat, right? So we all need calories. We all need protein, fat, vitamins, minerals, water. Don't forget water. Um, but unlike people, horses have a lot less variety in their diets. So for me, um, you know, I might not eat enough copper today or vitamin A today, um, but tomorrow I might, and it could all balance out. But whereas for the horses, what we have to count on is that every day they're eating pretty much the same thing day to day. So it, it, we need to make sure that, that all the nutrients are provided to help with maintenance and growth and, um, you know, keep them healthy. So really the, the takeaway message, even if you want to turn it off right now, is that emulating the natural diet of the horse as much as you possibly can is really the best way to feed them. Um, it's the best way for their gastrointestinal system. Um, horses are grazers, they're foragers, and leaving them to their own devices, they'll spend really the majority of the day consuming small amounts of high fiber feeds pretty consistently. So hay, pasture, all throughout the day. And they also move around quite a bit. You know, they're, when they're outside and you watch them, they're going slowly, kind of cruising from one side of the pasture to the other, low impact speeds. They'll stop and get water, um, taking breaks to rest, you know, that kind of thing. So by doing this, this just kind of natural low impact movement, picking up small amounts of fibrous feeds all throughout the day, it really sets up their digestive tract to continue having healthy, good motility. Um, they're pushing that fibrous intake that they're eating consistently through, through their stomach. Um, they're going into the small intestine, picking out the nutrients that they're going to take there and put in the bloodstream. Um, that's where the sugars and starch should get picked up, proteins, fats, vitamins, um, especially the fat soluble ones. So A, D, E, uh, calcium, phosphorus, small intestine does a lot of stuff. Um, and then importantly for the horse is that sending the bulk of that fibrous intake um, to the hindgut to process. And one of the things that makes horses different from us and our dogs and our cats, um, and what makes them truly incredible is that they are, they're called hindgut fermenters. And so they take all that fibrous pasture and hay that we feed them um, and they make something out of it. Um, they extract nutrients out of it. They take, um, you know, all that, all that fiber and, and break it down, which is something that we're just not able to do. So what exactly does the fermenting mean? What, what, you know, why is that so cool? Well, horses have a huge fermentation vat. Um, it's called a cecum that's further back in the digestive tract. So all that awesome fiber they eat, um, passes through the stomach, passes through the small intestine, and, um, it spends, <laughs> a hot minute or actually more like a day or more, more, you know, 36 to 72 hours, um, in the hindgut in, in the cecum. And it's broken down, um, by unique enzymes of the horse and beneficial bacteria. So these guys are really important. They're microbes that are back there. Um, good bacteria. I know bacteria always has kind of like a weird connotation, but, um, the ones that are back there, the microbes are just attack the fiber and break it down. And, um, they release what are called volatile fatty acids or the VFAs. And by doing this, the horse actually creates energy, um, which took me, you know, I don't know, 
three years of studying it to finally realize that like, that's a big deal. They're creating their own energy by their stuff that they're, they're, um, they're breaking down fiber back there and they can use it for work or for growth or for maintenance. Um, and this is the reason why horses thrive on a very forage based diet and why many of them can do perfectly well on a forage only diet. Um, humans just don't have the enzymes necessary to do that. So for the horse, when they're out grazing all day and they've got hay in front of them around the clock in their stall, it's not just fluff. It's not just, um, you know, stuff that keeps them from getting bored, uh, although it, it helps with that too. Um, it's actually providing a host of nutrients, um, the majority of nutrients, probably the proteins and calories and B vitamins and other nutrients that they require for good health. Um, horses really count on consistent access to forage to keep things not only operating normally, but to avoid GI upset, um, impactions and excess gas and that kind of thing. So just a couple stats on the hindgut. Um, so that's the cecum, right? So that's the, the cecum and the large and small colon make up the hindgut of the horse. And it actually makes up 60% of the total digestive tract. So the stomach is relatively small compared to um, you know, the, the rest of the digestive tract. And the, the VFAs, which are those volatile fatty acids that get um, kind of released as the fibers getting broken down and fermented, can supply 50% or more of the horse's energy. This is just a staggering number. Um, and it's the reason why horses can thrive so well on um, a, a forage-only diet or a forage-based diet. So the average adult horse can hold up to 120 quarts of digestive material, just to give you an idea of how, how huge <laughs> this organ is back there. Um, and things are processed there very slowly. So for instance, typically in the small intestine, feed stuff is going to pass through in about 60 to 90 minutes. Okay, that's relatively quick. When the food gets back to where it is in the cecum, it's fermented and processed for 36 to 72 hours before it's passed through the hindgut and starting, starting to form fecal balls. So that's, it, it's there for a while. It's um, spending some time in there. So in terms of what to feed the horse, so we know that the horse really thrives on fiber, really thrives on forage. So forage meaning pasture um, and all different hays. Pasture is wonderful. It's Dr. Green, right? It's nature's perfect food for horses. Um, horses that have 24-7 access to pasture, they simply just don't have the same digestive health issues that other you know, settings have. Um, the pasture is packed with vitamins and, and they're in the form that are really the most absorbable to horses. So they're readily absorbed. Um, it's just kind of what the horse was, was meant to eat. And another important portion of this is that the natural diet has a high content of omega-3 fats. And so it's really considered to be, pasture is really considered to be an, part of an anti-inflammatory diet. Um, omega-3 fats have anti-inflammatory benefits. Um, and then their counterparts, the omega-6 fats, have more, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a balance, you need both, but they have pro-inflammatory, they, they create pro-inflammatory mediators in the body. So the natural grazing diet of the horse, just to give you an example, contains about five to one omega-3 to omega-6 fats. So the horse is really an omega-3 animal. It really thrives on having that in their diet.
All right. So pasture is amazing. Uh, but a lot of horses don't have 24 access to pasture or, um, you know, maybe they're primarily stalled, have limited access or for our friends that live in Northern climates, um, seasonality, of course, right. Affects pasture time. So winter snow, no grass. <laughs> I'm from Michigan. We know all about that. Um, so hay becomes, I mean, everything, it becomes the next best thing to fresh grass. So hay offers a lot of the same benefits that, that pasture does. Um, high percentage of fiber that the digestive tract just thrives on lots of nutrients, protein, calories, minerals, um, and then different varieties of hay also offer kind of different profiles as well. So grass hays like Timothy, um, Timothy grass, orchard grass, Bermuda grass um, can be a great cornerstone for a forage-based diet for nearly all horses. Alfalfa, okay, is another really popular hay choice. Um, it's a little bit polarizing. Uh, some people think it is manna from heaven and others think that horses get fat and hot on it. <laughs> So um, I personally love it, uh, especially in certain cases. I think it's a great choice for blending with grass hay, kind of, you know, the more you can blend hays, you can kind of get the hybrid vigor and, and take the, the good parts of all these different blends. But um, I especially like it also for, uh, you know, as to be used as a blend for horses that are growing, young growing horses, um, working horses, horses that are working hard. Um, late pregnant mares, lactating mares. Um, it's really hard to get enough calories into those guys. So it's a very nutritious hay. Uh, hay types could be its own podcast. <laughs> so maybe we'll do that. Uh, but regionality or you know where you're located often dictates a lot of what people choose to feed their horses as well. So um, local hays and that kind of thing, just depending on where you are in the country and what's available. So hay does lose, kind of a caveat to hay, although it's outstanding, hay does lose some of its nutritional value. Um, you know, when it's cut, it's cured, playing out in the sun, it's baled, especially older hays. Um, the amount of omega-3 fats and fat-soluble vitamins, especially vitamin E, really plummet quickly. So vitamin E is a very important antioxidant for the horse. Um, it's just a potent little thing that soaks up excess free radicals um, before they're able to latch onto the cell membrane and, and cause problems. So I always recommend that horses on a forage-based diet are given a daily vitamin and mineral supplement that has omega-3s. Um, this is just to fill in some of those gaps from the forage. You know, there's, there's a difference between surviving and thriving, right? And I think that a good supplement covers that spread. Um, it may be, you know, it may be used as an insurance policy. Maybe your forage, your good quality forage is covering everything. Use it as an insurance policy and that's okay. Uh, it never hurts. Um, and it just supplies a lot of benefits. So one of the original purposes for our Platinum's Foundation Wellness Formulas, um, the Platinum Performance Wellness, the, the Platinum CJ and the Platinum GI, is that it was you know, originally formulated for this purpose. It was formulated by a veterinarian to support the healing of horses in the hospital and also to round out a forage-based diet. So anyways, it's something that I feel very strongly about and horses really thrive on. So anyways, as part of my job with Platinum and also helping out my husband, he's, um, <laughs> he's an equine veterinarian, um, but he's also a self-proclaimed not 
a nutrition guru. <laughs> so I get to help him a lot with some nutrition questions. Anyways, um, I help clients a lot with diet analysis. And that is, you know, whether they call and they have a, a hay analysis in hand, or they just want to go over what they feed and make sure that they've got everything covered for their horses. So I usually start out by going over a little bit of the history and um, you know, talking about their goals for the horse. What are they looking for? What, uh, you know, are there, are there any issues they might be having? And then I always ask them to tell me, you know, what their horse's diet is. What are they, what are they eating? What are they feeding? And I would say pretty much every time clients will automatically begin by telling me what grains they're on, what feeds they're on, um, how many scoops they're giving, uh, of various, you know, fortified feeds, um, and usually that's followed by supplements or, uh, medications, you know, what medications are they taking? And so I often have to end up asking, you know, oh, well, what about, what about, Hey, are they on any hay? How much do they get? What kind is it? Um, do they have access to pasture? How long do they have access? Are they out all the time? Um, it seems pretty consistently that the, the forage portion of the diet is a little bit of an afterthought or, or, you know, it doesn't necessarily come to mind. It doesn't count towards their daily nutrition. And I feel like a lot of times horse owners consider their forage, um, to not offer a whole lot besides bulk. And that kind of the, the quote unquote real nutrition comes from the grains or the fortified feeds or complete feeds that they're feeding. Um, and that's really just not the case. So it's more correct in, in my opinion, to think more in terms of what the hay or pasture might be lacking that needs to be filled in or balanced to provide an optimal diet for the horse. So I, I also feel like I'm allowed to talk about this as a card carrying horse foodie. Um, because in reality, as a horse owner of a wide variety of horses for over 30 years, I have done uh, pretty much everything wrong. Uh, so, you know, if you had asked me when I was 20 years old, what I fed my horse on my hunter at the time, uh, I would tell you a scoop and a half of pellets. <laughs> and that was that. <laughs> That's what he eats, right? Um, so we actually have a guest that is staying with us for a couple of days to help my husband out. And um, she was just picking my brain a little bit. And um, she said, you know, I, my horse, oh, my horse is just, he's, he's getting so fat and I don't know what to do. And, you know, I switched him from this feed to this feed. And, um, you know, he's more, he's more like on a light feed now, a, 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 almost like a diet feed. And I was like, a diet feed? Like, well, what is he, you know, why is he on that? Why not just feed him, just take that out and <laughs> feed, you know, if anything, feed a well-rounded supplement or feed a little bit of a balancer. So anyways, it was interesting to see because she is so knowledgeable and she is so on top of everything for her horses. And she said, well, you know, well, he needs to have dinner. Well, he's going to have dinner. <laughs> like, well, he can have dinner, but it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be, um, you know, a heavy feed. So anyways, it was just interesting. It's always interesting to hear how people feed their horses. They feed them in just a million different ways. Um, and I am certainly not saying that grains are the enemy. Um, I by no means am going to say that. They have a, so grains in general, and by grains, I mean the cereal grains. So corn, oats, barley, um, tend to have a significantly higher amount of starch when comparing them to a forage. Um, sugar is used a lot of times uh, in the form of molasses uh, to get, you know, to increase palatability and um, to help with binding. Um, these are just commonly used in commercial feeds to boost the calories and, and help the taste in a lot of instances. 
anyways, I'm not anti-commercial feeds. I had a thoroughbred, um, that I had forever. He was the best. Anyways, um, he simply needed more calories and then what I could give him in a hay to keep up with his metabolism, uh, especially in winter time, he just struggled. So when he was in full work as a jumper, and again, um, when he started kind of moving over into senior territory, uh, we really relied on, on, you know, some as good a quality hay as I could possibly find. And then I used, I used, um, some different, um, commercial feeds just to kind of help balance his diet in that way as well. And then also I currently have a 33 year old who is so picky and has very questionable teeth, um, very questionable teeth that is, uh, at best. And, um, anyways, I keep him on a senior feed all the time. He just will not hold his weight otherwise. So there is certainly horses that need something in addition to their forage. Um, and that's, but that's just it, you know, grains and complete feeds shouldn't be the base of the equine food pyramid. If we can all think of, you know, the, the I think it's the USDA equine food pyramid. Um, they, it should be more at the peak. So the base, you know, is going to be your forage. It's going to be your haze, haylage, um, pasture grass, and then use your grains and complete feeds as needed to support weight or workload or life stage. Um, because we've seen as an industry, really some of the detriments that overfeeding our horses, very calorie rich feeds um, has caused. We've seen a dramatic incre increase in, in overweight horses and a host of inflammatory diseases. Um, you know, and high grain diets are, are very directly correlated and linked with colic and diarrhea, ulcers. Um, what am I missing? Insulin resistance, allergies, uh, and even for the young horses, having them on a high grain diet um, with some developmental orthopedic diseases. So using them where they are needed rather than just because it's tradition is really important. Um, and the reasoning for this besides the glucose and insulin kind of peaks and disease links um, is that the foregut, so not the hindgut, foregut, which would be the stomach and small intestine, are really ill-suited for large grain meals, which is how we typically typically feed them because you know people have lives and they have work and usually you can only feed in the morning and at night or once a day or whatever. Um, but feeding them in a, in a meal setting uh, causes the starches and sugars that are in the in the grains to get broken down there in the in the stomach and small intestine um, as opposed to the hindgut. Um, and there's limited ability for the small intestine to absorb that, that amount of starch and sugar before it spills into the hindgut. So we don't want the starch and sugar to get back there because it, it will be fermented. Um, and it ferments actually into lactic acid, which I know, I don't know about you, but to me makes, makes me think of like sore muscles. I go for a run and, you know, don't do that very often. Feel like, feel that lactic acid. Um, but for in the hindgut of the horse, it actually lowers this, you know, it makes it more acidic. So it lowers the nice, happy pH that's back there, kills off those, those beneficial microbes, those good bugs that are, that are back there in the hindgut. And the microbes have to be in place to not only digest all the fiber, but if they get killed off from a pH shift caused by too much sugar getting back there, um, the dying bacteria can enter the bloodstream. And that's going to cause, or it could potentially cause, um, laminitis and colic. And, um, that's known as carbohydrate overload. So physiologically, it's important to feed the horse, you know, as close to the way that it is designed to be fed as possible. 
So if grains or fortified feeds are going to be fed, good idea to break it into multiple small meals throughout the day, as small as you, you know, as you can. So one main question that I get asked when I'm touting my forage-based diet is, um, okay, well, that's amazing for, you know, your horses that are out on pasture 24-7 and aren't doing much. But what about my show horse? What about my horses that are in training and working hard, um, not just out in the pasture, retired? Uh, you know, you know your horse. So if forage is exhausted, you have, you have them on a good quality forage and they need more calories, feed them. Um, but consider a healthy, something, a healthy alternative that's not, doesn't have a lot of sugar. Um, so a healthy oil, oils can pack a big punch when it comes to, you know, helping horses maintain weight or keeping up with a job. Flaxseed oil is always my, my preference, mostly because of the omega-3 um, fatty acid profile. Uh, or unmolassed beet pulp or a feed that is based with beet pulp um, just to avoid some of the extra starch and sugar. So use grains or grain-based concentrates and fortified feeds more as a dietary tool rather than an automatic comes with. And there's also really some great recent studies that look at some of those life stages that um, you know people question in terms of trying to put them on a forage-based diet. Um, that require higher levels of calories, like young growing horses, um, late pregnant mares, lactating mares, um, a lot of the performance horses, sport horses, even the race horses, um, consuming an, a forage only diet. So, so these recent studies put all of these, you know, kind of questionable, questionable life stages on forage only diets to see what would be affected. And they found that for the young horses, growth was not affected. Um, it was not reduced on a forage only diet. For uh, performance horses, it was not inhibited, um, nor was glycogen storage, and many many of them indicated um, an actually a lower instance of colic. So, you know, I think it's fair to say that if I asked a hundred people what they feed their horses, I would hear a hundred different answers, <laughs> and that's okay. <laughs> There's a lot of options out there. Um, what I've found is that you know, mother nature is a force and it's always better to work with her rather than against her. So if you are thinking of simplifying your feeding program or want to see how your horses do on a forage based program, uh, I would encourage you to try going back to the basics, um, with a few simple steps. Step one, exhaust your forage first. That means having hay in front of them all the time, um, you know, for, for horses in work, or if your horse gets, you know, heavy on forage by itself, then try, you know, throwing it in a, a slow feeder, but use pasture, uh, or a good quality grass hay or a grass hay blend, um, as the foundation of the diet. And a really good place to start is if you're like, oh, I'm not really sure how much to feed, you know, I, I do encourage you to weigh it. So a good place to start is usually 2% of the horse's body weight. So for example, that's about 20 pounds of hay for a thousand pound horse. And I know we've got all kinds of different listeners with all kinds of different horses that range from little mini, little mini horses all the way up to really big, really big ones. So knowing your horse's weight is, is a good, is a good place to start to know how much your horse needs to consume. Um, step two, use higher energy forages. So think alfalfa, haylage, to help to maintain body condition or for higher workloads as needed. And if your horse requires more energy or to facilitate weight gain, 
like I said, try an oil, try a flaxseed oil, try to boost some of those calories. A lot of times getting them on something that has a, has a good profile of omega-3 fats compared to omega-6 fats, which are high in grains, is that you'll see that it's almost like the body isn't working against itself. So you can, you can almost increase feed efficiency or try something like an unmolassed beet pulp. Beet pulp is one of those things I consider a super fiber. It's awesome. It is, has the fiber content that's more similar to hay or forage but it has a calorie content that's more similar to a grain really. And so anyways, it's something to try if you, you know, are, are going for the forage, forage based diet, forage first diet. And then step three is balance that diet with um, a really simple vitamin and mineral supplement that contains omega-3 fats and antioxidants. So it shouldn't be hard to feed your horse and anyways, I think that no matter what, even if you have to tweak here and there and add what you need to add, um, supplying forage as the foundation of the diet is, um, is always a good idea, always a good idea for the health of the horse. I hope that you all have enjoyed learning about what to feed your horse, I, or if it was a, re, a review for some of my nutrition junkies out there, uh, maybe it got you to think about something in a new way. So I really appreciate you spending your time with me today. 